Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A few stars might have been born last night in the Big 12 Conference. Iowa State's Rocco Beck. We've been getting to know him, but they have a great effort and a great win. Avery Johnson takes control of the Kansas State Wildcat offense. And wow, what a performance we saw from him across the league. A lot of big storylines we will talk about here. This is the Neighborhood Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors, here on Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network. Also mentioned Josh Hoover as well, too. A star potentially being born there for TCU. A lot to get to on this Sunday edition. This is the Winner's Circle. We'll do Winner's Circle today. Loser's Corner is coming up on Monday. And then we'll get to Power Rankings on Tuesday. That is our kind of beginning of the week strategy and plan. Make sure you guys find us wherever you all get your podcasts. And on Twitter at NWPod365, you guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Uh, yesterday with the Big 12 best bets, we were three and one. And I think our only miss, honestly, guys, I-, I feel a lot. I feel like Kansas was the right side. I feel pretty good about Kansas being the right side. We will get there in a second. But I always like to talk about like what is the biggest story? Because this weekend was the kind of new conference getting to show off, right? What this league will look like. And I thought we got some really compelling results. Obviously, Houston and West Virginia was compelling. We broke that one down. Uh, Oklahoma State, Kansas was a lot of fun to watch that game. K-State, Texas Tech was interesting, but obviously a big injury there kind of to get to. Iowa State and Cincinnati, though, I think is the big result. That's where I want to start because I don't think we're talking enough about what Matt Campbell has done. Iowa State, 30. Cincinnati, 10. This one takes place in Cincinnati. Uh, Iowa State defensively with a dominant performance in this game. Did they run the ball super well? No. Was Rocco Becht unbelievable? He was good, but I would not say he was great. The Iowa State defense, though, shows up once again. They were fantastic all game long. Cincinnati is held to 214 yards of total offense. They were three for 13 on third down. They only ran for 3.5 yards per carry. They had uh, two turnovers as well. And look, turning over Emory Jones is not like this unbelievable feat. Uh, It's not impossible to do. But what I will say is this, is that this Iowa State team had so much working against it coming into the season, right? With everything going on, I thought roster-wise, they are definitely a bottom-half roster in this league. 
uh, you think about obviously they had the gambling scandal that took you know a lot of our, our attention and whatnot away from the on-field product and also took away some of the players from the on-field product. But right now, Iowa State is four and three. They are three and one in the Big 12 Conference. They've got wins over Oklahoma State, a win against TCU, and a win at Cincinnati as well. They play at Baylor in two weeks. So they have a bye week now. I mean, guys, this is an Iowa State team that's got a chance to do something significant this year. They can make a bowl game. It's going to be difficult at Baylor, Kansas, at BYU, Texas, and at K-State is what they have the rest of the way. But I think this team might find themselves in Farmageddon fighting for a bowl spot if they do make a bowl game. And I am not trying to be hyperbolic here. If Iowa State makes a bowl game, I do think Matt Campbell does deserve consideration for Big 12 Coach of the Year. I think all of the reasons we've already discussed, the situation they were in with the roster, and that's part of, you know, part of his own thing, but like the roster they had, with the, uh, the things going on that they had, and the way that this team has started the round of the form, this is quality coaching. I mean, you go back to the Ohio game, right? And you see Matt Campbell with a lapse in leadership, I would call it, yelling at a fan, right? Not what you want to see from your head man. That is not a, a suboptimal, I think it would be the right word. But you see what they've, they've done now. They've won three of the last four. Their only loss is at Oklahoma, which I think especially now we can excuse a bit, right? And the rest of it, I mean, the three of the last four, Oklahoma State, TCU, and at Cincinnati, like those are three quality wins. And look, guys, they they beat Cincinnati worse than Oklahoma did on the road, right? That game was over. I mean, I was able to actually turn that Oklahoma, uh, the uh, Iowa State game off yesterday pretty late in that contest because they were handing it to them late in that game. And I love the drive. There was a drive where I knew like it was Iowa State's day in the first half. Uh, let's see. It was the drive that went 15 plays, 59 yards. They had a fake in there. They had a, a couple penalties. Uh, they had a fourth down conversion from Cartavius Norton that went for 20 yards. So a little bit of everything from them. And that's what this Iowa State team always is, right? A little bit of everything. And Rocco Beck was not supposed to be the guy. But he is now, and he has started to play a lot better, right? Think about where he started, 10 for 13 for one, uh, 113 and two scores uh, against uh, UNI. And the Iowa game, he was not super impressive. The Ohio game, not super impressive. The Oklahoma State game, though, he lit it up, 27 to 38 for 348 and three scores. Had some bad moments against Oklahoma, but then really righted the ship last two games was he great against tcu no but was he really good yesterday also ran for a score as well 15 of 25 or 241 two scores and one on the ground you know this is a 61205 freshman guys they they pulled him out of florida right they pull him out of florida and he has been thrust into the spot obviously because of forces outside of his you know control and now he is leading this iowa state offense and it's uh it's not pretty a lot of the time that there's running game still struggle to get going, but he has become a more productive passer and the Iowa state passing game is not nothing. Also he's thrown for a touchdown in every single game this year. You know, I, I, I think that's something we should know too. This is a guy who's, he's a young, he's a young kid out there. And like, is the arm strength unbelievable? No. Is the accuracy always unbelievable? No. But like 
the offense is growing with him. This is a viable offense. Now, at Cincinnati defense can be tough. This is a viable offense. That is a quality road win. Cincinnati's not that good. I understand that. Quality road win. Matt Campbell's coming along. The offense is coming along. The defense is not, it's it's not a great Iowa State defense, but like it's still a really strong defense. And they've got a chance to make a bowl game, which is a lot more than we thought. So I think Matt Campbell, and I think John Kurtz put it pretty well on Twitter yesterday. There are some serious questions about what Matt Campbell's ceiling is as a coach, but he continues to show that the floor of what he is able to bring is very, very high. And I do think there is a lot of value in a coach with an incredibly high floor like Matt Campbell. So credit to Iowa State. I thought that win was significant yesterday uh, in a lot of ways. And that's why I wanted to start. That was the first game of the day. Let's go to how the day ended. Kansas State 38, Texas Tech 21. And what I thought was almost a Big 12 title game eliminator in some ways. Um, Kansas State makes the change to Avery Johnson. He goes eight for nine for 77 yards passing. Yes, sure, whatever. The big story is the K-State rushing attack. They ran for 5.8 yards per carry. Avery Johnson had 13 carries. He had 90 yards. He had five touchdowns. An unreal, unreal effort from him. Uh, Baron Morton was injured in this game. Uh, we already saw it, too, going into the game, and we saw it coming out of the game, too. Uh, we heard Joey McGuire say, that Jake Strong, the backup, took most of the snaps and did a lot of the throwing this week in practice. They said Baron Morton did not throw until Friday. I think that was evident as well. Strong struggled. He threw three picks. That's a huge part of this game that should not be lost on how this game was won. But what I will say is this, is that the rushing attack, and Trayshawn Ward too, and DJ Giddens did a very good job. It felt like, it felt like the rushing offense was exactly what they need. What I want to say is this. So last year, there were certain games where uh, where Martinez looked like the right guy for whatever Kansas State needed in that game. That can be said for this game as well, too. Like Avery Johnson was the right quarterback. And after the game, I think it was Trayshawn Ward who said, look, he's got an arm, too. Y'all will see he's got an arm. Uh, I don't know if Avery Johnson's the right guy moving forward for every single game. Do they need to use him more? Probably yes. Should he be the starter? I don't. I really don't know. And K-State fans can debate this, and you all can go back and forth, and I think we're going to talk to John Kurtz this week, hopefully, about this, because I want to dive into whether or not he, you know, this is a change they have to make. I still think there are instances where Will Howard is the right fit for them. But what I do think we have to acknowledge is this, is that Kansas State's passing offense is probably not the better part of this offense. It probably should not be the better part of this offense. Like Ben Sennett, mostly to me, has been the most open guy for them this year. But they're trying to get guys like Keegan Johnson and RJ Garcia going, but they have not been big parts of passing game. Phillip Brooks is really, he can make catches and whatnot, but like Brooks and Sennett are kind of the biggest two passing weapons. That's a little bit of a problem, right? Ben Sennett should not be the most open guy because a lot of that scheme, like it's not like Ben Sennett's uncoverable, but he's like a really good route runner and they get him in really good spaces and they do a pretty good job. I think uh, our man Colin Klein does a good job. 
I also think Colin Klein does a really good job of scheming up how to run quarterbacks because obviously it's something he has personal experience doing. Right. So I think Kansas State looks really dangerous if this is the way that they're going to play defense and this is the way they're going to run the football. I don't know if this is the identity moving forward. I, I, I think it's a, I think you might, you know, there is one school of thought where you could say, why the hell would you not go with this strategy moving forward? And I think you'd be right for saying that. I think there's also a school of thought where you could say, well, is it a game to game type deal? Is it a, this was the best situation type deal? Is it a drive to drive type deal? Is it a situational type situation and a situational type deal? Do you need to have Avery throw more? So you have, make sure you, you show the threat of him being able to run as well. I don't know. I, I really don't know about what the best way to handle all of this is for them right now. But I, I do think now we have a little bit of a, uh, we do have a quarterback conversation happening there. Will Howard has not been exactly what the offense has needed this year. Avery Johnson was in this game and at times he has been, I don't know if that means he's a solution moving forward, but this was an awesome win for Kansas state. This was an awesome win to go on the road, a win they definitely needed. And you look at what's coming up for the wildcats TCU next week, Houston following that both of them are at home. This there's a chance this could be a six and two wildcats outfit as they head on the road to play Texas. And if they get, if they rip off three straight wins, we're having a totally different conversation about who Kansas state is. And that opportunity is right there in front of them. So K-State, look out. Look out for K-State now. All right. So uh, the next game I want to get to, I want to get to TCU 44 and then BYU 11. Josh Hoover comes in 37 of 58, 439, four scores, two picks. But um, the run of the football was not how they got this thing done. TCU aired this thing out. And I think, uh, I forgot who commented it this week, but somebody, somebody commented on one of the videos, hey, like, I don't know if BYU can cover teams that were spread out, and I want to see how that looks. And I was wondering the same thing as well, too. I think it was a great, just simple question, and we saw it. BYU, the numbers told us all year that BYU was not that good of a team. They've been outplayed in a lot of the games they played. TCU just needed to put a strong effort forward. And I don't think TCU gets like an A++++ for this game. They left some points on the board. Their defense was fantastic. But they left some points on the board on offense in this game. Now, will a new guy be perfect? No. But, man, they had 30 first downs. They were 12 of 13 or 12 of 19 on third down. They've had 584 yards of total offense. They only allowed 243 yards from BYU. I think Keaton Slovis got off to a 2 of 9 start in this game. They forced multiple turnovers. They stopped the run because that, that BYU rushing attack's not very good. They blew the doors off BYU start to finish, right? Uh, I think they were up. I forgot what the lead was early on in this game, but they, they really hammered them. And Josh Hoover looks viable. It's 24-0, by the way. And so you're wondering, all right, like where was this TCU team all year? This is the kind of effort that we were looking to see. It should not take a loss against Iowa State and a loss against West Virginia to bring out this version. I'm not saying, what I'm not saying is it wasn't possible with Chandler Morris. What I do think is, and I, I had some folks talk to me about this. 
I don't know if Chandler Morris is as well liked as Josh Hoover is, or maybe even I'll say this. I don't know if Chandler Morris is well liked period. Uh, I think there are some, definitely some locker room things that were happening with TCU. I definitely think their offense looked a lot better with Josh Hoover on the field. And if he plays like that again, Chandler Morris will lose that starting spot once again. It also makes you wonder how does, how do, does Sonny Dykes end up with the wrong quarterback repeatedly? It feels like this continually happens where they end up with the wrong quarterback. It has continually happened. They ended up with the wrong quarterback uh, to start off the year, potentially, which I think is a very fascinating, fascinating thing to have happened to them. But it appears that might have happened. This this was one-way traffic, y'all. This was one-way traffic. TCU is a better roster than BYU. TCU is better coached than BYU. TCU's performance was better than BYU's. This is a spot where TCU had to have it. They got it. They got it in impressive fashion. BYU is now one and two in the league. Welcome to life in the Big 12 Conference. TCU next week on the road against K-State. If they pull that thing off, if they play well in that game, if they win on the road, guys, we're talking about them playing Tech the following. This is a hard stretch here. They have uh, at K-State at a bye week, at Tech on a Thursday night, and then Texas at home after that hybrid bye week situation there. You know, you get a little extra time with a Thursday night game. Okay. A chance to, you know, this, this is what we're asking for now. And, and here's the thing between K-State and TCU, somebody will emerge from that game looking a bit more consistent. In a battle next week of the big, of the 2022 Big 12 championship game, somebody will emerge from that contest feeling pretty good about what their, their hopes are moving forward. But at least for a day on TCU side of things, I want to shout once again their defense too. Like their defense played fantastic. And we're waiting for them to play like this the entire uh, the entire year. Five TFLs, three sacks in the day, but they got a little bit more pressure up front as well, too, causing some problems. Right. Their offensive line played a great uh, on the other side of things. Uh BYU, no sacks on the day. They don't get the quarterback very well either. So uh, you know, you love the way that that TCU played on both sides of the ball. You gotta shout that out. Also, a pick six, too, I believe. Uh, so, yeah, pick six. Um, all the games kind of go together for me. So, TCU, back in the winner's circle. We'll see if it's a trend or it's just a one-week strong matchup for them. All right? I think there's a chance that maybe that's the case. But also a chance Tony Dykes gets this thing pulling in the right direction. All right. Uh, finally, Oklahoma State and... Kansas is the final matchup that we have to talk about. Oklahoma State 39, Kansas 32. First of all, I want to say this. Uh, I thought a couple guys might have been offsides. They're late in the game of the fourth and five, right? Uh, guy coming off the ball off the edge looked like he was offsides. Guy in the middle might have been, I don't know, but whatever. Close call. Sure. Kansas's defense did not which defense made more plays in the end. Well, guess what guys, it was it was it was Oklahoma State's defense. Oklahoma State's defense made more plays. Ollie Gordon was an absolute monster in this game, guys. 29 carries for 168 and a touchdown. 116 uh, re uh receiving yards as well. He had a touchdown there. He was awesome in this game. Allen Bowman probably played his best game this year uh, as well. 
Rashad Owens goes over 100 yards. Brennan Presley had a strong game. Kansas defense is not very good, but I'll tell you this. like Oklahoma State closed out this game better, 12-0 in the fourth quarter. It felt like KU was about to take control a couple times, and they just didn't allow it. As good as Jason Bean was in this game, Oklahoma State closed it out better. And now Mike Gundy's team is 4-2. and two. They're 2-1 and one in conference. Uh, and once again, Mike Gundy roars as a home dog. You know, he's, he, he is just so good at home in these spots. Do I think there's a chance that KU should have won this game? Yes. But Mike Gundy and company steal it, right? They, they, they were able to steal it. And also, too, four sacks, seven TFLs. I mean, Colin Oliver, just another monster performance, had two and a half sacks and two pass deflections in this game. I think we talk about guys in this conference that are great defensive playmakers. We always forget about Colin Oliver because the defense he is on is not that good. He was a difference maker once again today. And Mike Gundy's Oklahoma State Cowboys have emerged as a top half team. At home, they can really put pressure on a lot of teams. Sad thing is, I'd like to see them play Texas. They can be a fun matchup. I think Mike Gundy against Star could be good. We don't get that this year. But I am compelled because next week, West Virginia takes on Oklahoma State. And the winner of that game will still only have one loss in the Big 12 Conference and looks like maybe that third team that could be competing towards the top. K-State still has something to say about that as well, too. Uh, Iowa State, obviously, some of that as well, too. But teams hovering in the picture after next week's game, I think each one of them will have played seven at that point in time. One of those two teams is towards the top, and we have to acknowledge them. So a great win for Oklahoma State. Want to shout them out. Shout out Alan Bowman who had one of his better games. Uh, I do think, you know, the offense does him some favors. I do think uh, playmaking wide receivers do him some favors. Once again, I'm not a huge fan of his, but 336 pass into the air uh, and, and two scores. We have to shout him out. All right, guys, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore at NWPod365. We'll be back for Loser's Corner tomorrow. Talk to you folks soon.